This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 908, Comic Talk. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 908. It's just a comic talk episode. I just wanted to kind of uh, do a little bit of a loosey-goosey, uh, just talking about some random comic book-related thoughts that were coming to my mind. Um, for those keeping track, yes, this is kind of a catch-up episode of the uh, the podcast. Not an inventory episode, but a catch-up episode where uh, the uh, the show's been a little bit off schedule uh, recently, so I'm trying to kind of get us back on schedule. Um, and this episode would have normally come out last week, but it's been kind of delayed um just because i just haven't been able to i don't know it's been rough um ever since episode 900 i just really haven't been on the schedule and hoping that's going to start changing i'm going to be having an interview with uh, a couple interesting people coming up uh three or four interviews that are being scheduled as we speak so jim salakrup is going to be on the show hopefully soon we're going to have grant glenn greenberg on the show which i'm really excited about just to chat about what it was like to work at marvel in the 90s um there's a, a lot of stuff that i'm excited to talk about with him um and there's some other you know, kind of names that are coming up, like crisscross, etc. So I'm just, you know, trying to get back on the swing of things. Uh, and I feel like before I know it, it's going to be episode 1000, and that may or may not be the end of the show, and it feels like it's going to be. Um, the more I think about it, the more I think it's probably time uh, to end it, which is hard. You know, when you do something for 10 years, it's hard to imagine not doing it. But at the same time, you know, to all good things must come an end. And uh, I think I'm at the point where I'm getting close to that. I will definitely miss it because, you know, I do miss talking to creators and being able to have these amazing experiences. But also, you know, the podcast doesn't go away suddenly. It's not like it just suddenly disappears and it won't have the archive anymore. Like, it'll always be there and I'll have all these amazing, you know, opportunities that I had and all these these interviews will always be there for me to listen to if I wanted to. And that's kind of nice, this, this, this historical record of all these uh, conversations that I got to have, which is pretty cool. Um, so, I mean, I'm not really sure about exactly if it's going to happen, but it feels like it's going to happen. Uh, so I just want to do kind of a random episode, again, as kind of a catch-up. Uh, one thing that's really been on my mind lately, it's not really comic book related, but it's, you know, sci-fi related, I'm going to call it nerd related, um, is that I believe this coming week, um, on this 24th of September, they're getting the Apple TV is launching Foundation. And Foundation is a TV series based on Isaac Asimov's classic novels, of which there's many. Um, there's originally it was a series of short stories that was then compiled into books, and there was originally three books that made up a trilogy, uh, which are really enjoyable. Um, it's horrible that I'm actually going to forget the name of, like, I think one of them right now. Um, but uh, the original one is just called Foundation. Um, and it is, uh, you know, again, one of my favorite books of all time. This is something really special about it. And I think a big thing I love about it is that it is kind of a series of interconnected stories that take place years apart from each other in most cases. Um, and, uh, I mean, not that the second and third book of the original trilogy aren't amazing, because they are, but there's just something about that first one that it has uh, a different sensibility than, I think, the other ones when it became more of, like, an overarching plot line that he was doing. Um, so, in, in terms of reading Foundation, you have Foundation, you have Foundation and Empire, and then you have Second Foundation, and those are the original trilogy. And then in 1982, he went back and wrote Foundation's Edge, and then Foundation and Earth, and Foundation and Earth ended up kind of connecting things to his original robot novels, and then he did two, uh, two what's it called, um, prequels, 
then ended up actually connecting it even further to the robot books. Um, and the robot books was a whole other series they did, which were really mysteries uh, with R. Daniel Olivawa and Elijah Bailey. And uh, they were, you know, uh, much more kind of grounded. They weren't in like far in the future necessarily. And they're all dealing with all these colonized, colonized worlds outside of Earth and uh, what the, and the, they called them spacer colonies. And it was all about this. There was this humaniform robot, basically a robot who looked like a man, uh, or really what are most modern interpretations of like a sophisticated uh, lifelike robot would be is basically what Arjunil Olivawa was. Um, it's interesting because, you know, when when um, Isaac Asimov kind of created the three laws of robotics and what a robot was, like he was, I think he was the one who first used the word like positronic. Um so the idea of like a robot, you know, a, a sentient kind of um, creature robot that has AI, etc., is really kind of, I mean, he's not the only one to do it, but he's definitely one of the earlier pioneers of the, pro- the thought process of behind doing that. So when you have these prequels to Foundation, they are called Prelude to Foundation, fittingly enough, and Forward to Foundation. Um, and I'm a big fan of all those books, um, always have been. And actually, I was telling my wife earlier today actually as we speak that the way that i even came to the original foundation book is kind of a weird route i was in grade 10 economics class i believe it was grade 10 economics it had to have been um and our teacher um was assigning a project and basically gave us this list of different approved books that you could read and one of them whatever whichever one you chose you had to describe the economic system of the book or depicted in the book which is really a, a weird and fascinating Kind of, I mean, depending on what your choices were, and obviously he would have vetted them or had an idea what they were. It's an interesting choice for you know, kind of critical thinking to be able to take something as like you know, just a book that's not about economic systems at all. Well, although Foundation, you can make the argument that really there, it's an underlying aspect of the book that matters is how economic systems are used. But um, it's, it's never like obviously the, the first thing that's kind of brimming up the page in terms of what you're thinking about. But it's just such an interesting you know kind of applied thought project uh to take what you're learning in terms of economic systems and then look for it in a you know piece of fiction uh so i always thought that was an interesting choice anyways he gave us this list and i went home with it and i showed it to my dad and i'm like do you have any of these books and he's like yeah i have foundation so we had this this old copy of the original trilogy which i want to say i don't think i had a box set i think it was, they were all separate but um I really like it because I find that books now, like, you know, there's more of a spacing in between words. And um, I feel like there's, there's uh, thicker page counts, whereas this was like much more, a lot more on the page, but it wasn't as thick a volume. Um, and I really liked it. And I really, I still actually have that for the original three volumes because I originally, I, I eventually just kind of took them over from my dad. And uh, I remember like reading all the elements at the library, but never owning them. I think it's interesting as a kid, I just, I don't think I really thought about buying books as much. I bought like R.L. Stein's Goosebumps and stuff, but like, I don't think I really owned many books and I would just more get books in the library. Like my favorite, one of my favorite books, uh, it's called Moody's Tale, which I read. And I want to say like, I don't even know. I feel like I must've read it maybe grade seven or eight or something. I remember I was listening to uh, CBC and, um, uh, CBC Radio in Toronto. So CBC is uh, the Canadian, Canadian Broadcasting Channel, um, and I had like a, you know it was just like reading a book. <laughs> they were reading a book, and they're it was kind of like listening to Audible or a book on tape, but it was over the radio. And I remember loving it. And I wish I could find that stuff. There's a few other books that I remember listening to on the radio, and I wish that I could hunt them down. I wonder if you could. I wonder if they have it all recorded somewhere and you could actually get a hold of it. Likely not. I'm sure that there's so many 
you know, hundreds of hours of material or thousands, thousands upon thousands of hours of material that that radio station probably accumulated over the years that they haven't saved it. But I would love to listen to it, uh, listen to it back. But I loved it. Anyways, and it's probably just the audiobook version. It's probably nothing special. Um, I wonder if there's an audiobook version of that book. Anyway, I didn't own it for ever. I think I only bought it in like 2007 and I had been a fan of this for at least a decade at that point. It was always this book that I really loved and periodically I'd come back to it because I enjoyed it so much and it was just such a fun, easy read and really breezy, but it was just something I enjoyed so much and I didn't even think about owning it until like 2007 and I'm like, I have money now, I can buy this book that I love and I'm glad I did because I don't even think you can find it now. Like it's not exactly a, you know, a New York Times bestseller or even a Toronto bestseller or whatever they call it in Toronto and Canada in terms of uh, best selling books but uh yeah so um so for years when it came to all the other foundation books i didn't own them at all i only owned the core three and then for the robot books i owned caves of steel and they and i think just caves of steel because that was the only one my dad ever had and i think eventually i bought from my public library the other volumes uh, which is kind of bananas, like not in the public library, it was the school library. They didn't care. No one cared about those books. They were not treated the best and no one was taking them out. And I think they let me buy them for like pennies. Um, anyways, it was only a few years ago that I kind of made a concerted effort to try and buy the robot books, the foundation books. And it, it, I was gl- glad I was able to get all the foundation books, uh, even the ones I already owned in a different, like oh, obviously much older version. Um, but they were all kind of matching and they all look nice. And again, uh, comic collecting OCD kind of uh, came into play. But when it came into the robot books, they don't look the same, and it drives me nuts because, for whatever reason, the fourth robot book was not, I guess, published or at least not available. It's probably it was published, but probably just not something you can now get from uh, that anywhere. It seemed that matched it, and I was able to get a version, but it was completely different. It almost looked like someone who done it themselves, and it didn't match any of the spines. But if it was the only way I was going to be able to have it, that's the only way I was going to be able to have it. Um, it's funny, the process of kind of having those books made me look at my bookshelf and realize that one of my favorite books when I was younger, and I don't even know how young I was, um, I remember reading a bunch of books by an author named Dave Duncan, and I want to say that he did something called The Great Game, and I think I really enjoyed those books, and so then I remember being at the, um, and I don't know what year I finally picked up my own copy, but I remember at the library finding something called The Gilded Chain, and then I love this book, and I don't even know how old this book is because i feel like i got it and i read it when it was like new um so i'm just actually looking at it here just to kind of try and see what year it was published why am i not seeing the year anywhere um let's see 1998 okay so i would have been like 15 years old so you know i i loved it it was a uh, you know fantasy i was definitely into fantasy and it's funny because like uh, as a kid up until Lord of the Rings actually having movies, I never read Lord of the Rings. I was I was never, I guess, into much fantasy except for, again, Dave Duncan books. And then I remember uh, there was a few other books that came afterwards, but the chronology didn't seem to make sense to me, or I was just maybe overthinking it. And I didn't know where it took place in terms of the you know the sprawling world that had been laid out in the Gilded Chain. And if you look at it, it actually looks like it's going to be a weird romance novel. Like you have this, you know, a sword, you have a chain that's kind of wrapped around it, and it's kind of like. It's very easy to see this being a romance novel. <laughs> Even the name, The Gilded Chain, it feels like something that's probably a romance novel. Um, yeah, Tale of the King's Blades. Um, but uh, that was one where I, eventually I did purchase it, but I never picked up any of the, the sequels. And I'm, it kind of bugs me that I didn't. I think originally it was because they were all in hardcover. And I was like, I want a softcover. And again, 
way back in the day in like late 90s, early 2000s, I wasn't really going on online retailers and finding things. You would go to the bookstore and you'd hope for something and you didn't, I wasn't able to know that, oh, there's a, you know, you can pre-order the, the soft cover, but it's coming out a year from now or whatever. You know, it's the old days when really you went to a store and that's what they had and you couldn't like look online and find like other things from like a store that might've been like out of your province, but um, because it's online, you can purchase it like it's crazy to me how small the world used to be because that's how you found the bought things. Like you, I would go to like the world's biggest bookstore in Toronto and be like, try to find a book and a good deal. And you know, if they didn't have it, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm not getting it. Like that's just the way it was. But I feel like these days it's much easier to kind of make things happen. Um, I don't even know what my point was. I think my point was foundation, uh, that the TV series is coming up and I'm excited about it, but I'm also very hesitant. And part of it's because I, I, as much as I love Foundation, I feel like it shouldn't be, they shouldn't bother trying to make it a show. Because I don't think it works. Because, I mean, I, I think you could make the first couple novels work. Oh, sorry, not the first couple. The prelude novels, I think they could work. But they don't really work. Because, I mean, they're fun and enjoyable stories, but they're really not what Foundation is about. I mean, they're about Harry Seldon, and it's very interesting to kind of see the beginnings of the story. But it's not really a, the big story. The big story is in the actual Foundation novels. Uh, the you know the original trilogy uh, and you know to a lesser extent obviously the the well not even the lesser the two sequels definitely push it even further in terms of what happens next um, whereas I think the prelude, the prelude is more about kind of setting the table and connecting things and showing you stuff that you didn't need to know but it added a lot more for Harry Seldon because Harry Seldon as a character was kind of a cipher he didn't really have much personality to him um, but yeah it's just very interesting to see. What, what it was what it's going to be like because it you look at the promos for foundation you can already see that they made alterations and that's fine i'm just i'm just so hesitant because i feel like in order to really make foundation you you have to push forward and really you know it has to be an anthology it has to be an anthology and i don't know if that's what this is or not or if that's what it's going to be like if this foundation series we're getting is essentially prelude and forward the foundation and a little bit of um, you know, the beginning of Foundation, the Harry Sullivan parts. I think I'd be okay with that. I would be fine with it. And then the next anthology, we got the Salva Harden, or I can't even remember which which of the characters came first because I just lent out my copies of the book, so I can't just quickly uh, re- refer back to it. But I think I'd be more interested in that. Uh, an anthology series that kind of moves forward in time and shows you the development of the foundation and how it works because that's basically how those original stories were done is that you got these kind of bite-sized chunks that were really thrilling and, and interesting and, um, and kind of thought-provoking and I just really love them but again they're kind of these quick vignettes and I think if you did an anthology series that kind of used each vignette to kind of tell its own you know kind of mini season I think that would be a better book that's right a better TV show but I could be completely wrong maybe it would be amazing and I think part of it and I I, I 100% admit this is that I'm a huge fan of the books, and it's probably working against me. I feel like if I didn't know anything about the books, I might enjoy this more. I feel like it's one of those things where you have to kind of take your your love of something and just put it aside, because it's not going to be that thing, and it can't be. And I think it might be easier for me to do that, because I understand that really I don't think you could ever take the book as is and make it into a TV show. It just It's a book. It works in a certain way, and I don't know how you would change that, some of the narrative devices, because there's a lot of telling. And I don't know if you could really show it as much and i don't know if it's as visually potentially interesting um so i'm really curious what that's going to be like but i'm excited i'm excited to you know have that show because again it's something that meant a lot to me when i was younger and uh that it kind of came upon by accident like i i don't know if i'd ever would have read isaac asimov at all if it wasn't for 
you know, Mr. Zambrano's economics class, which is kind of bizarre and weird. But I love those weird things. I like the weird things that, that that's how you look. That's what led you to something. It wasn't something that you would expect. It wasn't, you know, my dad loved these books, although he obviously read them and enjoyed them if he had these this trilogy, but he never showed it to me. Like, uh, he, I don't know if they mattered to him at all. I tried to give him his books back. I stole them years ago. I don't, I, because I love the books and I just kind of took them with me and they travel from home to home. And then I replaced the old ones because everything matches and I gave it back to him. He's like, I don't want these. I'm like, what? Like, this isn't even a thing we could share. <laughs> this isn't even a father son thing that, like, oh, we both love these books. Nope. Apparently, he just, he was like, eh, I, I like those books. <laughs> I guess he also liked Dune, too, but uh, the only Dune book he ever offered me was like the second one or third one. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. I don't really care. Um, it wasn't Foundation, it wasn't Isaac Asimov. Uh, it's funny because when he showed me his Foundation books, that's when he also showed me his robot books, which I think he must have only had Caves of Steel. I don't think he had Naked Sun. I think I ended up reading that elsewhere. But I'm very curious how he even knew to look it up elsewhere. Like, Isaac Asimov wrote, like, hundreds of books. So I'm really curious how he even, like, discovered that there was other robot books, because I don't remember looking that up. I don't remember that being a thing. So I'm very curious how I pieced it together uh, and eventually found these books. Like, how did I, how did I know? I don't know. I'd love to know. Pre-internet days really blow my mind. Uh, because we we got to we somehow figured out so much, and yet I don't know how we figured out anything. <laughs> like when I play a video game, so I play like Super Mario Brothers one. I'm like, how did I know to do any of this? How did I just know? Like I go through, I'm like, oh, I got to go here, you got to go here, you got to here. Like even in Mario three, like all the whistles and everything. I'm like, how the hell did I know that? Do we just talk on the playground a lot, or does people just know things? Like I think I might have read like one small little like um, guidebook when I was younger, and I might have had a couple pages on Mario Three, but I don't really remember. I never had Nintendo Power. I never had any of that stuff. But it's so burned into my memory that I just know these things, and I'm like, I honestly have no idea. And if I was a kid now, I wouldn't know how to figure that stuff out, or would I? I don't know. It's it's one of those things where like if you didn't know it was there, would you even try? Anyways, this wasn't even about comics. This is more about like a weird diversion into my history of foundation and other weird things. But uh, I hope you found this mildly interesting, if nothing else. Um, thanks for listening to this catch-up episode of Comic Shenanigans, episode 908. It has been our catch-up episode or our comic talk episode. I really appreciate you coming along for the ride. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, sub- subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Citra. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time with a reviews episode, hopefully in the next day or two. Bye-bye.